Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly McLear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. Happy New Year. I'm so excited to be kicking off another season of the podcast. And if you are tuning in for the first time, I want to welcome you. And also for those of you returning, thank you so much for joining these conversations. I pray that this year we will be encouraged in our faith and supported in our healing journeys. So as we kick off another year, I have been reflecting on the journey of 2022, the things I've learned and the things I will have to continue to learn coming into this year. Yet as I look back on the many conversations I've had, both with clients and friends, there has been a theme that continues to repeat in different ways and in different words. I do believe that the overarching desire of each one of our hearts year after year is to move closer to who you're designed to become. This is in essence spiritual formation, isn't it? We talk a lot about formation here on the podcast, and it is simply this, to grow in our likeness of Christ for the good of others and the glory of God. With that said, many of us have probably already attempted to start some New Year's resolutions. Whatever they are, we have identified the things in our lives that we believe will cultivate success. And in looking back over the last 12 months, we often gain perspective on the reality of our progress and the areas for much needed improvements. But specifically, when it comes to our spiritual lives, this resolution-type language often creates lists of new to-dos and a pressure to increase our attendance or our service or our study. Yet something I will be the first to admit is that in the midst of my calendar-crazed, color-coded planning, I often can miss the most important aspect to my ability to become a part of who God has created me to be. I often miss the most important aspect to my ability to become who God has created me to be. I can plan, prioritize, prepare, and even complete my vision for 2023 and still miss the point. In many ways, I think the mindset of resolutions can create unrealistic expectations and even promote a legalistic perspective When it comes to our spiritual formation, we can begin to doubt ourselves and even perhaps fear that God is disappointed when we don't meet our goals. So the question is this, how do we begin this year without falling into a state of shame or becoming sidetracked by a counterfeit form of success? This is where I hope this series can help us. We will start by learning what it means to live within the rhythms that God has created us for to reflect him and learn how those rhythms specifically 
the rhythm of rest and stopping and slowing down can actually benefit our productivity and success. Pizza Gazzaro, the author of Emotional and Healthy Spirituality, notes it this way. He says that when we become imbalanced in the rhythms that God has created us for, we do violence to our souls. And I have found this so true in my own life. Feeling overwhelmed, underrested, in the name of all good things, I can miss the most important thing, being with God, refilling my cup, refreshing my spirit, and remembering his love for me. Recently, I was talking about resolutions with a client, and we were exploring the idea of instead of creating a list of do's, what if we grounded ourselves in the rhythms that keep us coming back to the truth and purpose of our lives? Now, not to say that goals are wrong or unhelpful. I'm all about self-development. But the tension is found in our tendency to use accomplishments or tasks and achievements to measure our self-worth. Psychologists would call this external contingencies for self-worth. Anything we do then is closely tied to our view of ourselves. We see this in everyday life. As long as things go well, we thrive. Yet what happens when the goals aren't met or the job is lost or the relationship ends? This is where resolutions can become dangerous. The concept to chase after what will produce in us a version of ourselves that we like more than the one before is an unstable equation, one that often leaves us discouraged, distressed, and even more disoriented than before. We can be weary and worn out and unable to rest for the sake of self-acceptance or worse, even spiritual discipline. But as we look back to scripture, we find that God's design was not for us to work without limits, but to reflect his nature in the rhythm of work and rest. This is the invitation of Sabbath, which in the Hebrew literally means to stop working. (laughs) I don't know what your understanding of Sabbath is, but many of us have grown up in Christian environments where this was not discussed at all, or it was weaponized and used in negative ways. Yet the more I study and practice it, the more I find that God's heart for Sabbath was and is to create intentional rhythms for us to remember who we are and who he is. So let's talk a little bit about Sabbath as a whole. Sabbath is a 24-hour period where we stop from paid or unpaid work. This 24-hour period was first mentioned in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. But interestingly enough, the first mention of Sabbath was actually modeled by God in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. It says that when God finished creating the world, he rested on the seventh day and he named that day holy. I think this is such a significant concept when it comes to Sabbath keeping, because if we know anyone who doesn't need to rest, who is all sufficient and all powerful, it's God, but yet he still rested and he calls us to do the same. Scholars and theologians comment on the radical and powerful nature of this invitation to us. As God's creation, we are called to live within the way we were made. Yet so often this command is seen as an optional addition to our spiritual life or an outdated ritual that has little significance in our current culture. Yet what if it does? And what if it actually is essential to our thriving? Soul Shepherding Institute talks about Sabbath keeping as a rhythm for loving activity. And I love this way of putting it. The practice of Sabbath can be one that is not just legalistic in nature to keep a command, but truly an invitation to rest and reflect on God's goodness. And this this structure is what I want to look over the next several weeks. So today we are going to talk about the importance of stopping. And then the next several weeks, we will look at rest, delight, and worship.
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, so let's talk about why stopping is so essential to our success. Now, when I use the word success here, I'm not talking about the world's definition of success, but truly what it means to succeed in relation to our spiritual formation. What brings us closer to the likeness of Christ, to the good of others and the glory of God? What fills us and keeps us alive and brings us closer to who we were called to become? That's what I mean by success. And so why is stopping important to that? Well, we can't become like someone if we don't spend time with them, right? So the first reason why stopping is important is that it reconnects us to our relationship with God. It is so easy to get consumed with doings and checklists and working and family and friends and all the things that fill up our life. But much like Martha, we can miss the experience of God's presence when we don't stop to take time to hear from him and to speak to him. And so what Sabbath does is it allows us to be intentional to reconnect when all things around us pull us away and pull our attention away from God. It is the gift of loving union. It's like coming home after a long day, sitting down, sharing our hearts and hearing the truths we need so that we can keep going. So in addition to Sabbath being a way that we reconnect with God intentionally, I think stopping also helps us honor our limits. And you probably have heard me say this before in the podcast, but I'm all about setting boundaries for ourselves. And I think God is too. I think that's why he created our bodies to stop, to sleep, to rest, to refuel. We were made by God, made with limits emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Stopping allows us to remove the pressure of doing to be loved and embraces the freedom of resting in God's sufficiency and provision. When we try to surpass our limits, what normally happens? I don't know about you, but for me, I become very burnt out, very irritable, and not really fun to be around. And I see this result in my work frequently. We talk so much about the importance of rest and taking time for ourselves, and not in a selfish way, but in a way that actually glorifies God. It is returning to this principle of finding freedom and honoring our limits as an opportunity to trust God and his care for my needs, my dreams, and my future, and also for the needs and dreams of others that I love. I think so often I can become consumed with being needed. And if I'm not careful, that can lead to overcommitment and not honoring my limits. But what happens on Sabbath is that I am very aware that I need to stop. I need to let go and I need to remind myself that I'm not God and I can and have to set limits on what I am able to do. 
And this actually honors God. It reminds us that God is the one in control. And that leads me to the third. Number three is stopping reorients our motivations. This third concept in relation to Sabbath is so important to maintaining our health, both emotionally and spiritually. And it really does have an impact on the way we succeed and are productive, etc. Because something that I think is so important about our motivations is that they can be so quickly misplaced, right? Like we talked about earlier, we can look outside of ourselves and outside of God to find our worth and our value. And something that Sabbath continually reorients us to is that God is our God and he is the one who defines us. And this is the whole purpose of Sabbath. It is an intentional day to delight in the life and gift that God has given us and to place our eyes back on who God is. This practice repeatedly reminds me that my motivations for all that I do is cultivated from a place of beloveness and freedom. And as I grow in this rhythm, and believe me, I have much growing to do, I find that I no longer look to the external contingencies or success defined by the world to define my worth. This is the gift. Stopping helps us succeed when we are free to work and dream and create and produce from a place of fullness rather than for it. So maybe this sounds all too good to be true, but let me just give you a quick caveat here. Unlike resolutions, that have structured goals or pressure to be completed before the year is out, the rhythm of stopping is not to be seen as a checkoff box or a legalistic measurement of our spirituality. Mark 2, 27 even reminds us that Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. So I want to just put a big caveat on this, that we are looking at freedom, not law. This is God's heart for us, that we would live as free people, no longer enslaved by culture's cure for success or sufficiency. This is countercultural, though, isn't it? But let me tell you, the fruit of this practice has transformed me and those around me. So I want to leave you with three things as an invitation to do this with me as we start 2023. Number one, start small. If you've never done a 24-hour Sabbath, I wouldn't suggest starting there. Maybe start with a few minutes in a day or a half of day or a weekend where you take moments to stop and reorient, to be reminded of who God is. And then I also want to encourage you to do what works for you. Some people practice Sabbath on Saturday. Some people practice it in the middle of the week. But this is different than a day off. It's not a day where we just don't work, but we actually set aside all unpaid and paid work. And this might not look like the season to do that in. Maybe you have young children or you're in school. So it might have to look different based on your season of life. And that's okay. It's all about our motivation to create communion with God and to remind ourselves of who he is and who we are. And then lastly, this is a practice, which means we're not looking for perfection. We're looking to mess up and laugh about it and say, wow, I'm really bad at Sabbath keeping. And that tells me a lot about my need for Jesus. And so I hope that this will be an encouragement to you. I will tell more stories of how my practicing has taught me so much about my need for this practice in my life. And so I hope that you will continue to join me in the next coming weeks as we continue to explore the elements of Sabbath 
and the gift of being and belonging to God. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkguyer.com. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.